The Lollygaggers Podcast is considering a new business venture. Cosmetic prosthesis companies so that we can all have rich foreheads and noses and look like cosmopolitan aliens. In this episode, Jeff goes to corporate heaven with Upload, while Justin finds time to bleed with Predator Hunting Grounds. Both lollygaggers continue to look at the TV of yesteryear with Babylon 5. Welcome to episode number 89 of the Lollygaggers podcast, a show about all sorts of different things, but a lot of TV right now. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Jeff. I'm the one, Justin. How's it going, buddy? Going all right. Going all right. Uh, lots of interesting news. I, I sent you a message. Uh, I think it was yesterday. Maybe it was yesterday. It could have been Monday. Uh, but I said earth shattering news. I was just saying, I was just saying that the, that the TV or the movie gods were being kind to us. I think it was Monday because it was star Wars day. Yeah, it was May, May the 4th. And so like the big news that a lot of people were, were talking about on Monday, May 4th, maybe, you know, was star Wars day, etc. was Taika Watiti is going to direct and co-write a, a star Wars feature that while they're not, necessarily planning it to be like a new trilogy they're not ruling it out and so it's just like this is the thing does it make money that's what it comes down to like are people gonna love it and the other really cool thing is that uh one of the writers that's going to be doing it with him is uh leslie headland who uh is the kind of head writer one of the creator emmy not emmy nominated i think uh, from one of the shows that we like, or at least I know I loved, I can't remember your feelings on it, but Russian Doll on Netflix, uh, which was kind of like a uh, a dark comedic uh, uh, Groundhog Day for like ni- you know 2019 stuff, uh, which is fantastic show and it's getting a second season at some point too, so everyone should check it out. So like that's a pretty awesome, in my opinion. That's like a pretty awesome deal, like the the two of them. So yeah, I'm pretty um, excited about it so far. But like Star Wars stuff, you know, I was thinking about Star Wars the other night. I'm like, it's just because like we had like you know May the Fourth was yesterday, mm-hmm. and we're well May the Fourth was two days ago because we're recording on Wednesday. Ago. Yeah, yeah. So uh, people like teachers are getting all excited and stuff about. It. I'm like, ah, I just I just don't care anymore. So I'm hopefully. What the Taika Waititi uh, movie will will just get me back into? I just don't care about Star Wars anymore. I love Star Wars. I don't care about the Skywalker storyline anymore. I love the world of Star Wars. Like everything about Star Wars outside of like the Skywalker. I like the Mandalorian. That's it. That's pretty much all I'm really. Well, that's pretty much the only running Star Wars franchise we have now. That Clone Wars is finale is hit. Sure. I just I'm just not as excited as like say let's say like a teenage. Or early twenties, Justin was about the Star Wars universe. So I mean, hopefully this will get me back. Well, yeah, that. I mean, there's definitely some stuff, but it's freaking Taika Waititi. Why are you being such a wet blanket right now? Like we're trying- no, no, no. I'm I'm saying I'm, I'm giving it hope because I just love his movies so much. So I'm looking forward to a fresh a breath of fresh air. Kind of like Thor. Thor got really blah, and yeah. then he came in and just hit it with an adrenaline shot, and it became a completely different series. So well, I'm a big fan of like all his stuff. He's super funny, but he's also sh- like if. Like I'm just imagining, and, and that, this is probably a bad thing, but I'm imagining like a Thor three, like a Thor Ragnarok, but like in Star Wars setting, which is like action and comedy. Like I'm all down for that. Like I'm totally down for that for the Star Wars universe. I am also down for like a super gritty, uh, like exploration of like the Outer Rim and stuff like that. So, uh, that could be cool. I don't know. But anyway, that was one piece of news. The other big piece of movie news that I saw on the same day, and this one's just like out of left field because I had no idea that this was even being considered still, uh, is that we're getting a sequel, Justin, to Demolition Man, right? I mean, it was 27 years ago that we got Demolition Man, right? 27 years. The world years. needs it. The it's, world needs it's it. It's the same. Time. It was the same year as Briscoe County Jr., which we talked about that last episode. But 27 years later, we're getting a sequel. Like, I mean, think of the, what what has gone on in Wesley Snipes' life in, in that 27 <laughs> years. Like, he has gone Excellent. up and down. I mean, it's just been all over him. And so, again, we don't really have, like, a ton of details on it. It's just, like, a, a big thing on it. I don't think Wesley Snipes coming back. Did he get his head kicked off in the last one? I don't even so remember. I'm, I'm not sure if Simon <laughs> Phoenix is making a debut. I mean, cloning. Sure. You could do cloning. Uh, who knows? But Sure. I mean. They did have Taco Bell as the top restaurant in the world, so anything can happen in that universe. Well, I mean, Taco Bell is still around and is pretty successful. I don't like Taco Bell, but it's there. 
so I don't know. I uh, I always have I have like this soft spot in my heart for like Demolition Man because I am always a big fan of like futuristic sci-fi and usually near future sci-fi, which I'll, I'll kind of cover in a minute when I talk about one of the stuff I'm talking about today. But uh, but I just like how cheesy it was. And there's so many things in that in that actual movie that were silly but plausible. And I don't know. I want to I want to rewatch it again. The some of the ideas in that movie lasted longer than the memorability of the movie itself. Like my mother, how dare you, was talking about the three shells thing, and she didn't even know what it was from. She saw it on the internet or something because of the whole lack of toilet paper, or whatever. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Mom, that's from Demolition Man." She goes, "Oh, what's Demolition Man?" I'm like, "Oh, mom, come on, <laughs> you know." Or like the the high five where you rub your hand. Like they knew it was going to happen. They knew COVID was coming twenty seven yeah. years ago. They yeah. knew it. So then the last thing on my little news summary uh, is that uh, is this another interesting one? I talked about Battlestar Galactica a couple of episodes ago and how I started doing a rewatch of it because they were doing a special marathon on sci-fi and I got really excited. And then I remembered that they're doing a reboot of it and reboot's not the right word, but they're doing another Battlestar Galactica show, except it's the guy it's, it's Sam Esmail from, uh, from Mr. Robot. Who's kind of the EP and the, the, the head honcho of it, but they finally named like the lead writer and the showrunner for it. Um, and uh, I think it's, I'm not sure if that's his specific titles, but it's, uh, it's Michael Leslie who did, uh, the little drummer, drummer girl over on AMC, which is pretty good. Uh, also, um, also wrote the script for Assassin's Creed. So like definitely has Uh-oh. some geek chops, but that was, listen, I actually Uh-oh. don't think the Assassin's Creed movie was horrible. It's not like, I thought it was interesting. And that's that's the end of the sentence. I don't know why, right, why there was there's something there, but I'm kind of curious. Uh, I love Battlestar Galactica. I remember the original Battlestar Galactica. I remember the Battlestar Galactica, like 1980 or whatever the heck it was called. Like, is it, it going to be like the most recent version, or is it going to be about the, the war with the Cylons? Uh, the details aren't entirely fleshed out. It is not going to be a full reboot. It is it is going to be in the universe. Is the idea? So they're telling a story now that. I hope is a better in universe story of Battlestar Galactica than Caprica was because I didn't like Caprica at all because like I don't want I don't want soap opera like the way that he went with like his dynasty you know remake is basically what he did with Caprica with uh, with more did so we'll see we'll see but it's also it's kind of interesting news and uh, considering I was just talking about Battlestar Galactica uh, that was fascinating the only bad the only bad sign I, I'm I'm feeling about this whole reboot is that. Um, so that's going to be on the Peacock channel, right? NBC's got their Peacock channel coming out. That's going to be their streaming service. And that sort of frustrates me. It's I know another thing to pay. For yeah, them, like, so. like there's too many things. And they're, they're all like, I, I don't like the pricing of a lot of them. Like, I don't mind it. If every single channel wanted to do one, go right ahead. But not every single channel can be $15 a month. Like, let's oh, just, just like, cut, cut it out, you know? We'll say like HBO and like the big ones for Hulu. Even Hulu is only like nine bucks, right? They're yeah. pretty cheap. Yeah. So like... So like let if, the big ones be within that range. Little ones, it's coming at five, yeah. five ninety nine or four ninety nine, please. Come on. I'll definitely do whatever kind of free preview that the Peacock channel has once it comes out, so I can watch the new Psych movie. But that's about it. So anyway, that's my news. What do you got for for newsy news stuff? I got, I got, I got a few things. Um, first thing, uh, we, you read Invincible a couple weeks ago. It was like uh, it's about a month ago, ago maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Time's different now. So. Well, they just uh, released information. Amazon's going to have a cartoon coming out of the Invincible comic book series based off of Robert Kirkman's uh, Image Comics, uh, Invincible. And they announced two major actors that are going to be voice acting this, in the series. Stephen Yun, who was, uh, I forget what his name was in Walking Dead. Glenn. Uh, Glenn in Walking Dead. Um, he's going to be play. he's going to play Mark the main uh the titular character of invincible and then playing omni man is going to be the wonderful jk simmons who uh is best wow. known for Jonah jameson that is not the cast i would have thought for holy crap i'm not i'm not i'm not upset with it because i love jk simmons but that is not who i would have thought and then wow. like a couple of people are going to be a show sandra O is going to be in it seth rogan uh mark hamill Walton Goggins is going to be in the show. Who's uh, uh, what? 
Walter Goggins. All right, like you're, yeah. you, you you buried the lead, man. Like he's he's uh, one of my. I top don't know who's three. gonna play as. I don't they're care. Really... He's in the show. Boyd Crowder from from Justified. Are you yeah. kidding? The greatest, uh, greatest, most awful character. Uh, is uh, is Mark Hamill gonna be uh, what's his name? I can't remember the the guy's name. The one who guy who wrote, runs the CIA basically. They haven't said who's playing him. The only two they've really announced who's playing who is Stephen Yoon. Okay. J.K. Simmons. Okay. You also have Jason Manzukis, who I love. He plays Ralphie on uh, the league. He also he's also in Brooklyn Nine Nine. He was in. He who's played, he on? Who's uh, he on Brooklyn Nine Nine? He's the crazy like undercover agent that. Oh got yeah, in yeah, a yeah, yeah. Relationship. Yeah, he was in uh, the he, good he place the crazy too. Hair and the beard. Yeah, he was yeah, in good he, place too. Yeah. I love him. I think he's great. Um, he's also in. Um, well, he was also in Parks and Recs as uh, Daniel Feinstein, who sells uh, perfumes. So uh, I think it's I'm, – I'm really excited about that one. So we got Invincible. Next little thing. Today, this morning, uh, MK11 came out with their preview for their story, downloadable story, like, extension. So like, it's the first time that, like, a fighting game not only has new downloadable characters, but a new story to go along with it. So this one is MK11 Aftermath, and it's probably the only fighting game I've really put a lot of time into. Um, they've they've had some new characters like Spawn as of recent. My favorite one that they've ever come out with is the Terminator, which is basically just Arnold. It's just Arnold. That's all it is, um, and it's great. It's everything you'd ever want. Um, but they announced this new set where they're going to be adding friendship fatalities which instead of murdering the person you just do something friendly like one of the friendship ones is scorpion does the get over here thing to a giant man-sized teddy bear and just hugs it and that's his fatality and it says friendship above him another one is kano doing barbecue and it's really really funny uh sub-zero brings out an ice cream truck and gets everybody popsicles you know little things like that and noob saibot nice. does double dutch so like little things like that is like i think it's a little funny it's a thing they've done in the past, but like they're bringing it to the new thing. <clears throat> the next thing that they're doing, they have um, stage fatalities, new stages. They haven't had any stage fatalities in the recent game. Um, or they haven't like you uppercut someone. Like in the old one, you used to uppercut someone, they'd fall down in the pit and die and stuff. Now they have stuff for that for the new maps coming out. Um, and the three new characters that they bring out is Fujin, who's a character I have no recollection of. I don't know who he is, but Gabe's excited about him. He's like Raiden, but with air. Um, okay. it's, it's just a guy that does air, which looks pretty cool. You have um, Goro's sister, which her name escapes me right now. You know, the big forearm guy. Yeah. From So she's in there. Shiva. Her name's Shiva. So she's in there too. And the best one, which I'm most excited about, is Robocop. It's going to be the third <laughs> downloadable character. And I'll be playing the hell out of him. Yeah. I'm sure he's going to be clunky and, and terrible, but I really hope his fatality is that he shoots someone in the dick. That's what I hope. Oh, I there's no way that they won't reference a lot they gotta, of that stuff. They gotta do that. Like you have to do that. Like that's I mean, when it came to Arnold, they did every single thing they could. That was a nod to Terminator. So if there's any exciting moments that happened in RoboCop over the past over the three uh, movies, I'm sure they're gonna they're gonna jam it in there. So I'm really excited about that. The final thing I want to talk about: they've been announcing a lot of stuff for WoW Shadowlands, um, and I just I just kind of want to do a few things that they've been doing. Um, Wow had, I guess, has been working in tandem with those who've been doing the alpha. And I've tried to get in the alpha, but I haven't. But part of me doesn't want to get in the alpha because it'll kind of ruin it, you know? Sure. So basically the way the new the way the new expansion is going to work is be f- five covenants. And depending on the covenant you go to, you get different outfits. You get different abilities to help you out. Um, they showed some of the armor sets for the first raid, and they look nuts. A big thing in this whole game is instead of having capes, you get like back equipment. So like angel's wings or a backpack or one of them's a tombstone, which is pretty cool. So instead of like having like, cause there's a thousand capes. I don't know how you can make another cape in the game. The game's been going on 15 years, but all these like back equipments are really, really cool. Um, you can ride a butterfly. You know, these are the things that really draw me into this game uh, is like the transmogs, 
and like the mounts are really really cool and it seems like it's and they're also changing it from like 120 to 60 so like you can pick from 1 to 50 where you want to level so if you want to level in panda land from 1 to 50 you can do that and then from 50 to 60 you do the new expansion so there's a lot of cool stuff that they're doing it looks really neat i i hope one day that they decide to just kind of like stop doing this and do world of warcraft 2 and just like let's get out of this dated look at some point i would like, like world of starcraft or like starcraft cool starcraft universe or something like that yeah where you could be like a protoss or a, yeah i'm a more of a sci-fi guy than fantasy always yeah. so i just hope that one day like because i get that that's their look you know that, that's the thing that, but you see some i saw something that long ago where someone did the unreal engine and did stranglethorn veil with the unreal engine i'm like man this would be such a cool looking game and then, like you look at like Final Fantasy and these games that are out now, and you're like, man, if they could just take the game that I like and make it look like this, that'd be crazy. Anyways, those are my my little little bits of news. I'm excited about mostly RoboCop, Dead or Alive. You're coming with me. <laughs> That's so fun. Nice. So uh, let's dive into some more. Uh, I don't know more uh, deeply. So like, I've been uh, I've been watching a television show. I've been watching a lot of television shows. I have binged way uh, more tv recently than i should have most of my day is spent uh working uh like at my computer and then uh i i move 20 feet and then i go and i spend the rest of the night uh, uh watching stuff so uh, i want to talk about a new show that's on amazon that's an amazon original so it's on prime video and it's called upload uh it's created by uh greg daniels. i wanted to know what this is if this is any i'm gonna talk about i'm talking about so it's greg daniels uh and so if you know greg daniels he's worked on the office he's worked on parks and rec he's worked on the simpsons king of hill saturday night live a bunch of other things uh or maybe just those i don't know uh so very funny man very good shows in that list uh and so you would expect then this to be a pretty good show now here's the premise it is a half an hour satirical satirical show so it's comedy and it's got some science fiction components to it uh and so the basic premise is that we are set it's set in like the early 2030s so it's maybe about 10 15 years into the future something like that maybe 2033 at some point they dropped the specific date but i don't remember but it's in the 2030s and we follow like there's two main characters in the show there's robbie amel uh who is uh is the cousin of the arrow uh and he also had i think he had like the tomorrow people i think was his show on uh on the cw a couple years back uh no it's like the the tomorrow people i'm pretty sure that's what it's called and uh so you might you would probably recognize him justin um and i'm sure he's in other things too but that's just i immediately go to the cw because that's where my life revolves because uh riverdale's coming soon uh so so basically he is a you know, blue collar family guy who's trying to become a programming uh, whiz. And so him and his partner are working on a a kind of new somewhat freeware or at least accessible uh, type of software that allows you to kind of upload yourself. So the pre- premise of upload, what this means is, is we don't die anymore. We have found a way to digitalize like our afterlives uh, and uh, so, so when a person dies or when they're nearing death, they have the, they have an opportunity to continue to try to like save their life or they can sign a waiver and then they can have their, their, their brain waves, their identity, their memories digitalized and uploaded onto a server, uh, for, you know, whatever afterlife program that they want to do. Now by afterlife program, it's more like a resort. Okay. So it's like, you're going to like a spa or something like that. So he's at this kind of like Victorian mountain area. And that's that's where he's eventually where he eventually goes. Now, the other main character is Nora, uh, and that's played by Andy Allo. Uh, I, I don't really know if she's been in anything huge yet uh, that I immediately I never I've never seen her before. She's just new. So uh, but she's really good in this, actually. Uh, I think she's I think she carries the show in some in some cases, um, but she plays a, a customer service representative for Horizon, which is the name of a company that holds that holds a whole bunch of these uh, server hosting places for the afterlives, you know, what that you go to or the heavens, I think they call it. They just frequently call them heavens. Now, so so Robbie Amell's character, Nathan Brown, he and his friend are trying to come up with a new 
like more accessible, more open to everybody service for upload because upload's expensive because there's constant maintaining, like there's, there you gotta be, you gotta pay your server costs. And then when you actually get into heaven, it's heavily advertised. So you're like, you're walking through the lobby of a hotel in your heaven and you're getting stopped along the way by some kind of pop-up ad. But the pop-up ad is like a worker for the hotel that's trying to get you to try a different type of gum. And then it kind of plays on the joke of like, whenever you stay in a hotel and there's a mini bar, it's got that kind of thing too. Like you can get a free, you can get, you know, the free breakfast or you can kind of upgrade to this, or there's like a mini bar. There's all sorts of these wonderful little satirizations. Now I'm going to spoil the first step because in the first ep, uh, Nathan Brown dies and he uploads and now he is in heaven uh, and his girlfriend is paying for his girlfriend's from a rich family. He's from more of a kind of a low class, you know, lower, lower socioeconomic bracket. Uh, And he's uh, he's he's dead. He's got some memory glitches. He doesn't remember everything about how he died. And he his main connection with the the service that Horizon provides is via Nora, who is his customer service representative. And so over the course of the series, which is 10 episodes season, I hopefully I imagine they'll try to renew it. Uh, but over the course of the first 10 episodes, like you watch him as he tries to acclimate to his uh, new life. And the thing is, is like just because you're dead and just because you're in heaven, you're still communicating. So like they're like so the even though his girlfriend's alive and Nathan is dead, they are still continuing their relationship in, a, in an extreme long distance relationship. And so like there's all these different uh, products that have come up with, including the sex suit, which is this gross suit that you can rent. And it has all these weird little feely fingers on it and that you have to like sit in a bathtub with. And it's basically like this giant scuba gear. And then you can like hug your grandchildren or have sex with your spouse or whatever it might be. Um, there's a couple other characters that show up from time to time. Uh, there's one of Nora's coworkers who's fantastic, uh, is I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing your name, right? Uh, Zanab Johnson. Uh, she is hilarious and she is the customer service rep for Luke, who is a, who becomes a friend of Nathan's in heaven. So, uh, the two women are doing like the customer service representative and Luke and Nathan are both dead and they kind of, you know, they all have all sorts of wonderful little shenanigans, uh, there's this kid too, whose name I forget, who it's kind of, it's kind of dark. It's like, there's some dark jokes in there. He died young, but he's been there for a really long time, like 10 years or something like that. And now his like brother is older than him and he's going to prom, but it's really creepy. And this kid really just wants to become an adult, but his parents won't pay for like the body upgrade. So his avatar constantly looks like a kid in heaven, as opposed to being like a teenager for a little while and then an adult. And so that's a really awful but hilarious uh hilarious thing that goes on uh over the course of the show like there's an there's there's two things that kind of string it together like like from one episode to the next this isn't this isn't episodic this is definitely a serial show there's an overarching story uh to the entire season so the two things are romantic there's a romantic storyline that begins to emerge between nora and nathan uh as they kind of befriend one another uh, and talk to each other more than they probably should uh and despite the fact that he's in Lakeview, which is the name of the heaven, and she's in the real world in Brooklyn somewhere. And then the other overarching story is the mystery of Nathan Brown's death. How did he die? Was it was was sort of strange? Uh, we got like there's like these gaps in the way in which they showed it to us in, in, the, in the first episode. And so like you kind of learn whether or not that had anything to do with it. And there are some surprises, which is kind of interesting as well. So it's not like the most, you know, it's not the easy, you know, the easiest, the that's not the word, uh, predictable thing in the world, most predictable thing in the world. So, uh, but it's really funny and I really like it. And although there are some cheesy parts here and there, and I'm not sure how convincing the romance is, uh, but it's nonetheless like fine. Like it's, it's, it's actually a, it's just a, a nice palate cleanser. Cause like you don't want to think too hard about what's going on because then it gets kind of dark inside, but it's hilarious. Cause it's just sight gags left and right as they're kind of playing on all sorts of different uh, aspects of tech that we're used to today. I mean, satire is always about like looking at modern day life and then figuring out how we're mocking it. Right. And so that's what it's doing. Even the title sequence, uh, when it shows the upload, it's like stuttering as it's trying to upload suggesting that the download speeds aren't great. Uh, There's all these different like things about lag that happens. And so like when you're looking at uh, in the first app or second app, you see this one guy going to dive into this idyllic lake 
but he like gets he like stutters as he's diving because his download speeds aren't great. There's like this whole subfloor in Lakeview for like what are called two gigs. Those are people who don't have unlimited data and they only get like two gigs a month. And so they have to take it really easy. They have to be really chill and they can't do too much. Uh, and then some of the older folks that are in there that they've tried to to re-up who have been really alive for a long time, they're like in black and white since they were using like black and white photos from the 60s when they died when they were 90. Uh, so it's a lot of fun. It's a really funny show. It's great satire, great tech satire, uh, some good characters, and uh, it's just a cool idea. Uh, so uh, I'm a big fan of it. I would recommend checking it out. It's only 10 eps. It's only a half an hour an ep. So it's not a huge commitment in terms of time. Uh, and hopefully they'll they'll get to season two uh, sometime in 2021, time permitting and everything like that. So upload on Amazon Prime Video. Uh, you can get it now. Greg Daniels, Robbie Amell, uh, Andy Allo. Good stuff. Really good stuff. Really good, fun, funny television show that came out of nowhere for me because i hadn't even paid attention to it and i just saw it and i'm like yeah let's try this well thank you well speaking of funny um that's the game style i'm getting into and we'll talk about right now uh, it's predator hunting grounds because boy is it funny and not just horrifically violent so uh predator hunting grounds is a uh published by sun computer entertainment and is developed by elphonic elphonic did the friday the 13th game so if you like the friday the 13th game this is pretty much Friday the 13th, but with the Predator. Um, except uh, a few little caveats as to why it's a little different. So a, a little bit of a disclaimer. I only played the alpha of this. I played a couple hours of it. And I've since then, I've watched a lot of streams. I see how it's changed from alpha to the release. Um, and I have a few comments about the release and what they're doing with the game right now. But basically, the game's pretty simple. You drop into a South American jungle, much like the original Predator. Um, you're a team of four, and you're going against the Predator. And the whole point is, as your team of four, you're trying to accomplish some goals on the map. Usually there's three tiers of it. Um, there's some NPCs on the map that are armed guards, which aren't very difficult, but there's a reason for them. And as you're going around, you can also be kind of enticed by these XP piles. They look like these gems. You pick them up, you get more XP. Um, the characters you can play as kind of change in like the way they look. You can have there's female characters, Hispanic, uh, male characters, all different types of races and combinations. The biggest thing that disappointed me is there is no Arnold character, obviously. I guess they couldn't get the rights to that or whatever it is. But... Um, it's basically you playing army, uh, GI Joe here, GI Joe there, whatever you want to be, and they all have different types of looks to them. Different loadouts: there's sniper rifles, there's shotguns, uh, automatic rifles, different types of handguns, different types of knives. So obviously, to start off with, you're a little bit more well equipped than in Friday Thirteenth, because in Friday Thirteenth, you're just a couple camp kids fighting Jason. In this one, you have some weapons. These weapons are mostly used against the AI, but the bigger thing is that it can fend off the Predator. The people that you play as is like the mercenaries, you, you're first person. It's like a, a regular first person shooter. Go about, try and do some stuff, try and collect these items, accomplish goals, and try and get out, right? Then there's the Predator. The Predator can be, I think there's like four different versions of it. There's two female, two male. They all look really cool. There's a lot of customizations you can do. They have all types of weapons, shoulder cannons, the disc thing from the second Predator movie. They have one has a bow and arrow, one has a spear, uh, different types of blades for their arms, a, a myriad of weapons to fight with. Um, the difference between the Predator and the humans is the Predator is in third person. And what they can most, the biggest thing they can do is they can jump from tree to tree. They can obviously go invisible like in the movie, they have heat vision. They have a much bigger arsenal than the people do. Um, <clears throat> so they're, they're kind of a, they're a formidable opponent for four people with guns. So the way the game kind of works is there's usually three tiers of accomplishments you must make. When you're accomplishing those tiers, you get uh, like um, 
encountered by NPCs that try and fight you. So when you shoot and you do certain things, it attracts, it tells the predator where you're at. Because you can drop in like any of three zones in the map. So the predator doesn't know where you're at. But once you start shooting, they're like, okay, he's over there. Start using the heat vision, start trying to narrow stuff down. So a few things that can kind of screw with the predator. You can put mud on yourself. There's mud on the ground. When you put mud on yourself, it kind of masks your, your heat. And the predator will start seeing the NPCs. So they can see the NPCs and it'll mistake the NPCs for you. And it gets nothing for killing the NPCs, but it gets stuff for when, they, when it attacks you. So the NPCs kind of have a deterrence for the predator. The bad thing is, though, you can kind of really tell the difference between a person and an NPC because of the way people move and stuff. But what's a bigger problem for the predator is the arsenal of the people sometimes can be, from what I found, uh, overwhelming. I think in my eyes, the predator is kind of under, under, I guess, under geared because if you draw, so you can like drop on people. And when you drop on them, it like stuns them and just start going to town when they spread out, you can kind of pick on one. Cause it's kind of almost like Batman you know, Arkham Asylum, we can't like pick people out. I wish that there was some like, I guess, like distraction tools for the predator to make them think, oh, I'm over here, but really he's over there. So maybe it might kind of like pull them away from each other, but there's none of that really. It's more just kind of like, let's hope one of them leaves the group and jump on them. Or I'm jumping into a group of four and taking a lot of bullets at once, which tends to be a big problem with the predator because when you land on the ground and people see you, they can really light you up and it's very difficult to kind of respond from that. So there's four ways the game can end. The first way the game can end is you can, you complete all the tasks, you get out on the chopper. So you get out of the chopper. Um, the second way you can finish the match is the predator just kills all of you. So that's obviously one of the solutions. Another solution to the map is you kill the predator and you just wait out a research team to come pick you up because they want the predator's body. And so basically you have to wait like three, three to four minutes fighting off gorillas, which aren't really difficult to fight against because I don't think the NPCs are very difficult and keeping the body safe while you're trying to wait for backup to come get you. And every time you do that, they always do the Dylan and and Arnold handshake, Dylan, you son of a bitch. And they do the handshake thing with the flexor muscles and stuff. Um, the third one. The fourth one is when the predator loses, but he's got his little extra little caveat he has is he can set off a nuke. And if you don't stop him before he sets off the nuke, it's a pretty large radius. And if you don't get out fast enough, he will kill all of you. So there's four different endings. So after watching the game for a while and playing the game, I feel that the humans are a little bit overpowered. If you have a shotgun and you are close to that predator, you will probably kill him because it just, a lot of shotguns are fully automatic and you can just unload into them. They added a new thing during the actual gameplay that was released in April uh, 24th is you get a knife and with that knife, you can parry. When you parry the, the predator, he's really stunned very hard. So when he's stunned, your friends can just light him up like crazy. Apparently, they gave the Predator a buff, but still does not seem like enough. Because when you're doing four versus one, when I have a hand, like a hand blade, and like a, a circular like buzzsaw I can throw at you, compared to four shotguns blowing into my chest, it's a little bit off. I think that they should add some distraction features, something to kind of like find a way to spread them out in some way, shape, or form. I think that might help out. Um, the frames in the game right now are pretty awful. Um, watching some gameplay, it looks like a slideshow. I feel like the game was released quickly because they're trying to capitalize off of the situation that we're in right now and get people to play games, which is fine. But to pay $60 for a game that does not seem to be finished um, seems to be a little bit too much. If it was a $40 game, sure. I would suggest wait another six months when they fix everything and the game's actually done to, to play it because it would be really, really fun. I think. And when I did play it, it was a fun time. Um, when Gabe was the predator, it's really creepy because he loves those games. 
like uh, Dead by Daylight and Friday the 13th. He's fine. I miss Damned. Do you remember yeah, Damned? Yeah, I didn't play that one very much. That that was like the first one that we tried playing and it was super clunky and it was, I don't know, for me it predated a lot of these other things. Like one person plays the monster and everyone else That's plays That's the one that was the ghost and stuff, right? I, yeah, and I just remember being able to be the little girl and being able to distort your voice and stuff. And it was just so great. Like you could actually yeah, distort your voice. It's creepy. And I remember Ashley played little girl and like whenever the little girl would show up, you'd start to freak out and stuff and like she can eventually go nuts. And Ashley would be like, like, I'm just a little girl. <laughs> She's like the creepiest voice ever. Those games can be very, very I think fun. it is fun when you're like, I think Gabe really gets into it. I think he's got some inner demons he needs to probably talk about. But like, there's just a few problems with it right now. I think it was really shoved out the door because of time. A few things I also do like about it. Most of the voice actors are from Funhouse. I love Funhouse. It's a YouTube channel. Bruce Green and James Willems and uh, uh, Elise Willems and Kraken does like one of some of the voices. And there's some of the funniest people on YouTube. And they do a lot of the voices, which is fun because I like, you know, there's a connection there of people I like watching on YouTube and then they're in a game that's pretty fun. I just think the biggest problem with the game right now is Predators under underwhelming. You have to be really good with them to be successful, which I'm sure is a thing where, like, you don't want someone to just be murdering people constantly. you got to have some skill to, to do well. And the FPS, the frames per second, are pretty terrible when looking at other characters. I think a lot of that has to do with they felt pressure to get this out faster, and so you're running the gambit of, okay, let's get it out now. People will buy it. They'll play it. But I really worry that people will see that it's not very good. And by the time it should be done in like five to six months, it'll probably be dead by then. Because me and Gabe, you've had a conversation like, we'll buy it in six months when it's any good. And he's like, well, may, it may be dead by then. And it's true because of how underwhelming some of the actual gameplay is because of the way it looks. It's getting like a 54 a Metacritic or something like that, which is not great. But there's something here which is great. No, it's not good at all. There, there's, a, there's a great game in here. And I just really wish they would have finished it all the way. Or let's let's look down the road in six months from now when it's all finished and we'll see how it goes. But like like the the foliage, you can shoot off the foliage a lot like uh um when Jesse the Body shot it with the with the railgun or the chain gun. All the foliage is completely destructible. It's a really cool, like a lot of the stuff, and it's great. But where they're missing on it is like, it looks like a, a flip book when the predator's chopping into people. It's just like, oh, this looks not good. So like, anyways, if you like these kinds of games like Friday the 13th and Dead by Daylight, this is definitely one of the ones you want to try and pick up. And hopefully through patches as time goes by, it'll, it'll finish up. But um, I, I'm going to wait on buying it until it's finished all the way. It's just, I, I like these types of games, but... I would say just it's not finished yet. So that's uh, Predator Hunting Grounds by Elphonic and Sony Computer Entertainment. It's on PlayStation 4 and on PC right now. So, yeah, I don't know if my review helped you want to buy it. We'll, we'll see. So, yeah. I'm not going to buy it. I'm just saying it right yeah. now. It's got to look warm. Yeah. It's one of the things where I just <laughs> wish they finished a- it instead of rushed out the door. Like the alpha... It's the nature. It's that's always the nature of video yeah. games, right? Like, do you get it out fast or do you? Well, the get alpha it out right came out like I don't know. two weeks before they released the game or something like that. It was it was really quick, and there's no way you can fix it. Is it is it actually released? Oh, it's or is released. This like, is this like early release. access? Okay, sixty dollar game, right. which is disappointing. Yeah. Anyway, we're gonna move on. Uh, Justin and I have been doing this little mini project here, kind of loosely. We've been looking at old. Uh, television shows back when we were young lads and seeing if these things are any good anymore. Uh, so we started doing this with Highlander. That didn't go well. Went to Briscoe County Jr. in episode 88. That went really well as we both actually quite enjoyed Briscoe County Jr. And finally, uh, this week, we're doing uh, we're doing Babylon 5. Uh, I never watched Babylon 5, which is surprising. But for some reason, either I couldn't I couldn't find where it was on at the time or I just didn't, you know, I was too busy as a, you know, as a high schooler or whatever. Uh, I never really watched it. Uh, so I've always wanted to watch it. Like, I, I know it's it's a really fascinating and just well put together sci fi show. Like, I've heard that from a lot of people whose opinions I trust. I just never got around to doing it. And so uh, we're going to test it out. So 
the interesting thing about Babylon 5. So here's the basic premise. Babylon 5 is a, a space station that's deep in neutral space. It's the year 20, 2257. Uh, there's all sorts of different aliens there. And it's kind of this uh, this hub for a bunch of uh, like you know diplomatic uh, diplomatic behavior, right? Like so, there's all sorts of different uh, different spacefaring uh, species, right? So there's the humans, there's the Narn, there's the Centauri, there's the the Minabari, and then there's the the Vorlons, which is some sort of like enigmatic new species. Uh, it's uh, it's created by Mike uh, J. Michael Straczynski. Uh, it's written by him. He did like, I was reading like this interview where he was talking about like his plan for it, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and he was really trying to develop a show that was based around a singular location. Uh, and so he went with Babylon five. Uh, it stars Michael O'Hare, at least the first season does as captain Jeffrey or commander Jeffrey Sinclair, who is in charge of the station. Uh, there's also uh Tamlin Tomita, uh, Jerry Doyle, Mira Furlan, who is a lost alum, by the way, uh, and John Feck, uh, and a bunch of others. Uh, the The show actually began with a movie. Justin, did you watch the movie? The like the gathering. Did you watch? I that? watched the. I guess it was the pilot that was an hour and a half long. Right, so it's like yeah. a pilot movie, and so that's the that's Babylon Five: The Gathering, and then the first, so that was like that was like a test pilot that they made first, and then I think the first it was made like 10 actual years episode or the actual show was made too. It's, it's it's weird. That's not true. Uh, it was made just a just about half uh, a year before then. So the pilot film was ninety three. Quickly, I don't know what it was then. Uh, I. No, I don't think that's true either. I think people just got recast. Uh, some people got recast. Some people got newly cast. So, uh, and I think they might have just done some different stuff with, uh, with like finalizing alien designs and stuff like that. Uh, all right. So we watched then the pilot film, which is an hour and a half long. It's called The Gathering, and then we watched sign. And then, then we watched uh, Midnight on the Firing Line. Each season has its own title. So season one is Signs and Portents, uh, but we only watched the very beginning. That's kind of how we're doing this. Uh, it looks like it looks like the gathering came out in February of '93, and then the first episode aired in January of '94. So a little less than a year between when the pilot, you know, the test pilot came out. So not too dissimilar from Battlestar Galactica, which had like the miniseries thing, and then a little while later it actually started up the series. Uh, so the basic premise of the gathering is that the Vorlon, which is this enigmatic fifth species that uh, or I think five uh, that are trying to bring an ambassador to the station and they're going to stay at the station and they're part of like this kind of kind of like a UN sort of thing in a way. And that's what's taking place here. There's a variety of ambassadors that engage with one another. And so this is like a really big deal because no one's ever seen a Vorlon underneath. It's like armor or it's outer shell or something like that. The one time somebody did rumor has it, they were turned to stone. Uh, they're very enigmatic. They're very closed off. Getting them onto the station is a great step forward in peace. Uh, and so what, of course, happens is that someone tries to kill the ambassador and they try to frame the commander and we go through this big mystery. And it's a self-contained story uh, and in some respects. So like you get to the end, you figure out what's going on, etc. I won't ruin uh, the mystery for those of you who haven't seen uh, uh, Babylon 5. And if you're running out of things to stream and want to watch something that's been around since 1993. Uh, but unsurprisingly yes the commander is not the actual uh, attempted assassin it's somebody else uh, but he definitely is he definitely looks guilty for a while and so it's all about kind of investigating that uh, particular attempt at murder then midnight on the firing line the first episode in this in the series technically in the episode one or in uh, season one uh, what happens is the narn uh, which is the more aggressive one of the more aggressive younger species uh, attacks a Centauri colony. Centauri are a little bit older species, and they used to apparently enslave the Narn. Uh, and the two ambassadors from those particular places almost get into, they get into like a big back and forth. Um, the Narn definitely seem to be more aggressive, and they're trying to exert their youth and their vigor and trying to like kind of, you know, get, get some payback from the past. And so it becomes this big crisis over whether or not a full war is going to break out. Uh, and can you know, can the commander, can the the various ambassadors keep that, you know, that actually from from blowing up into something even bigger? So that's the basic premise of how this starts. Uh, Justin, 
What did you think of the show? So my brother listened to our previous episode, and he asked me if I had watched Babylon 5 yet. And I said, I was going to do it today. He said this a couple days ago. Um, his, his responses was, to me were, I need to warn you, it isn't great. B5 gets exponentially better in season two, but the plan was, was there to be payoffs in season four set up by season one. Um, anyhow, you won't be too impressed, but it gets better if you push through. Sinclair in particular is a bad actor, but is replaced in season two. Um, he is a wonderful oh, voice yeah. actor. He, his voice is the perfect voice for like the announcer of like a or commercial. Superman. Like if you're announcing, like he's, he's got a great voice. Uh, just his voice is amazing, but he's very, I don't know. He, 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 he feels like out of time to me. He feels like something. Yeah. He feels like a, know, like an actor from yeah, the like 60s a, or something. What was that guy that was in um, planet nine from outer space? Like he's like a really big, uh, big chin big body i forget his name but like he's he seems like one of those types of actors where he's like man's man type of thing he's just so yeah he's, he, I, i've got that feeling very much he's got like a he's got like a kirk yeah. douglas quality but man he is robotic uh, uh but yeah super um, robotic yeah that was his warning he said basically like you got to push through season one it gets way better give it time and keeping that all in mind um Thinking about the pilot, the pilot, I think they dumped all of their budget into their CGI. Like 90% of the budget in CGI, 10% of the budget into, or like 90, sorry, we'll say 70% in CGI, 20% into costumes, and then we'll say uh, 10% into set design. I think that's how it kind of broke up. Um, because. <laughs> okay. Justin literally is pulling numbers I just, out of I just feel like that because, like, they they put a lot in the CGI, and even though it doesn't hold up at all, I'm sure back then, 27 years ago, that cost a lot of money to make to make those those. Yeah, I don't recall it ever being lauded for its overwhelmingly wonderful. But the CGI. thing is, like when you compare like, it to it, other shows, the same time that we're using miniatures like Star Trek, those those really hold up. Like I watched like a Next Generation show not that long ago. And I was like, man, these, and they did a lot of miniatures and stuff. Like, they really do hold up very well over the t- uh, the you know the test of time. Um, the set design on the pilot, boy, it jumps up from pilot to second episode. <laughs> it's completely different looking. Um, I think it just takes you know an investment of the of the network and stuff like that to do that. Well, yeah, because like the thing with the pilot was literally a proof of concept. Yeah, it's yeah. like okay we like the concept so now let's um, put some money into it the first episode i thought was was good i i think both episodes were good i like the second episode better it was very much like a story of like the israelis and palestine it's pretty much it's a metaphor of that um which is uh, the show is basically just a deeper it's a deep introspective look on like like ethics in the world Everyone has problems with each other. This is basically a hub of the of all these different beings across the universe or galaxy that are come together and they have hatreds towards each other. And it's basically a flying experiment through space to try and prove that it's possible for us to live harmoniously together in this one spot, you know? And it's a really interesting little take on that. And I think that there's a lot of there's a lot of potential, I'm sure, as my even my brother says, as as it grows forward, that it pays off quite a bit with those types of stories, and it's it's obviously going to be like a creature of the week or problem of the week type of show, and then the captain comes and solves it, um, kind of a la the love boat. You know, I got a lot of love boat uh, uh, vibes of this. Did you? I felt I felt love boat. Okay. I didn't. I didn't really get a love boat vibe. No, you but okay. Find okay. The way you two can find your love again. Um, but I thought character design was pretty cool. Um, the one guy who ends up being kind of a dick. I think that his his uh, his character design is pretty cool. Um, even though it is really similar to the one that has like the ridge around her head. I thought they were very. I thought they were almost the same race too. Who who's the one guy you're being uh, really big? The, 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 guy, you're talking the about. one who may have been behind the smuggling of the bad person in the first uh episode. 
the Narn ambassador. Yeah, the Narn ambassador. I thought about. that his his okay. his design was very similar to the woman with the ridge on her head, though. I, I almost thought they were the same. Then you find out that they're not. I just you know, but that's that's the only thing I would say. But like, I think, I think it's Jakar. I think it's the name of the Nando or the Narn. Okay, Jakar is the Narn yeah, yeah, ambassador. Yeah. I think Londo is the Centaurian. I might have had those. Backwards, I thought the Centaurians were interesting. Um, they got a lot of forehead. Um, that's just the way they are. Um, I I think all the characters were pretty neat. Um, like their designs though. Yeah, I like some of the alien designs. Like uh, one of the biggest criticisms, like you always get with Star Trek type shows, is that uh, basically everybody's humanoid. They just have like some yeah, weird prosthetic on their head to make their their forehead yeah. different. Yeah. So, and I think there is some of that here as well. Uh, definitely, you get that that too. I mean, the Narn I was immediately doing like a Klingon parallel and then the mimbari i was doing like a like a you know a vulcan parallel and this is probably not fair to do to some degree but like i was getting a lot of those parallels but i really the vorlon were cool like i thought the vorlon were cool because like it was they're trying to push beyond it um i always i always wish these these science fiction shows would kind of branch out from the idea of every alien species that we encounter has to be you know, or that we directly engage with has to be human. It has to be like right? a bike. Like that's one of the reasons with yeah. two arms and yeah. two eyes. That's one of the reasons I like that uh that show on uh what's it called? The that uh the family guy guy does. Oh what's yeah, it? I know what you're talking about. Uh Orville. Uh Orville. the Orville. Yeah, and like and how on the Orville there's like there's a dude like it's it's voiced by Normal Donald who's basically a big giant slug. Like I just like seeing when you're a little bit more creative with some of that, but I, I do feel like they, they fall into the sort of the same trappings that you see at a lot of the stuff. Well, I think a lot of that's with like limitations, um, you know, which sucks at that time. No, no, but I like, get you. I get this you. is clearly a political drama. It's a, it's yeah, it's that's, that's what was kind of remarkable about it. So I've watched some Star Trek next generations and I love Star Trek. Generations. It's my favorite Star Trek, but like a lot of the storylines are like pretty simple. Like, like a, a kid can follow them. Like there's going to like judging from just some of the beats that they were laying down here, some of the parallels that they were doing with modern day life. Uh, like they were talking about terrorism yeah, heavy and stuff, stuff like that like- in 1993, before nine 11, before it became such a, uh, at least in the U S such a, a, a common term that we just throw about on, you know, with, with great regularity. So like they were talking about some heavy stories and I like the fact that it, that the themes are very the second episode goes that's the directly into Palestine and, and Israel, basically. It's basically what it is. Like, you had this area, you conquered it, said it was yours. Then they said that, then they took the area, and then you want revenge off of them because, you know, it's just like this endless war between these two factions for a millennia, right? It's basically what it was. And I was like, that's pretty interesting. And then what I thought they were doing at the end of the second episode with the telepath and like the ensign or whatever, the other woman is the very like emotionless woman i'm, I'm not sure if she's a the counselor I lady so. i thought that they're oh no 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 the sec- yeah. uh, first officer yeah and the I second episode yeah, they first were officer. going to do some type of relationship thing i'm like whoa this is pretty progressive for 1993 and then it just turned out was was about like um telepath and stuff like that but i that's what i thought they were going mm. like man this is a pretty progressive show for the time being maybe it does go into that it just seemed really much uh, very much like that was what they were going with so it's it deals with some really heavy yeah. topics so like if 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 we're going to close this down again this is just a really cursory glance just to see if we want to keep watching it now there's one big problem with continuing to watch this is that it's not available for free no <laughs> like you can't not it's not you have to buy the episodes like you have to buy each individual episode. So it's so, you know, I got them off off Google Play because I had like a five dollar coupon. So like I just got two. I can borrow free. the disc Justin from got my his brother, off I guess, but that'd be breaking quarantine. I can't do that. Can't do that. Against the rules. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're yeah, you're not in Florida anymore. Never mind. Uh, so like there's that which certainly holds it back somewhat. I definitely want to continue watching because I I have heard the same thing from friends who have watched this show. One of my old friends, friend Rich, who is like we used to talk sci-fi all the time. We talked Dune all the time, and he loves this show. And he kept he used to make fun of me for not having watched it. And he said the same thing. Like there's so much payoff in this. And as I was reading some of the interviews, 
with the with the creator, like so much of the show was planned out ahead of time, and that each single season, like there was something that they were trying to to plot out. And I appreciate that kind of forward thought. We we always we we kind of mock Lost a lot uh, because of how it just it didn't know where it was going a lot. And because of that, it just started wandering off in different directions and opening up all sorts of cans and never quite giving us sort of answers to those types of things. And it's all because there wasn't a huge forward think, you know, forward thinking plan for it. To hear that Babylon 5 has that, to hear that stuff that you're paying attention to, uh, storylines that are being laid down in the first chapters of the show are coming back in the latter chapters, that's actually a really encouraging sign for me. And I didn't actually think that the first two episodes were particularly bad. I thought they were fine. Like I, I really did. Like I didn't think I wasn't blown away by them. Uh, but I, I also didn't think they were terrible. It wasn't like high, yeah. like watching Highlander. Like, okay, I really don't want to watch anymore. <laughs> our, our current journey we've gone through. Number one's Briscoe. I, yeah. I, I'm sorry. It's yeah. just, even though, even though no, it's I not agree. as heavy or yeah. as deep as Babylon Five, Briscoe County Junior. It's primo TV. The individual episodes themselves were just really watchable, and the hour or two that you spent watching them were just in themselves very enjoyable. Very few hiccups along the way. Babylon Five shows its age a little bit, and you know the the storylines aren't incredibly creative, but like they're heavy and they parallel really important things. But Briscoe, Babylon, and then yeah, Highlander, yeah I think that's obviously definitely the, the combination of the tier we have right now which you know it's good it's good we're we're exploring these early 90s late 80s shows like this it's 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 a journey that not many people are willing or even think about wanting to do and we're the ones falling on the sword <laughs> form you know so uh to round it out yeah i mean i would recommend babylon 5 i wouldn't want to pay th- you know, $23 a season yeah. for it because that's kind of what you have to do. So I don't think it's $23 a season worthy. I really Once don't. Once it I'm becomes sorry. available like on like right a now. Hulu or Netflix. Yeah. Watch the hell out of it. Yeah. I'm all over I'll it. I'll watch it. Yeah. I'm all over it for sure. I will burn through. Well, it I was just problem. wondering, uh, JMS must uh, be holding out real hard on these uh, different companies. And they all must be, must be a bidding war for J. Michael Straczynski to get this. Uh, yeah. It's a cult classic. I like JMS because he wrote Uh, one of the best runs of Thor ever and one of the best runs of Spider-Man ever. So Yeah. Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah. Uh, All right. So next week, uh, your brother sent me some ideas on Twitter, but I looked him up. Yeah. He suggested Sequest uh, Sequest. Sequest DSV. Uh, I don't want to do Sequest because it's trash (laughs) and... And Roy Scheider, who I love because he's a Jaws guy, thought it was trash as well. It was embarrassed by it. Plus, the kid killed himself. It's just got too many. I don't. I don't want to go. I don't want to go down that route. Uh, Sliders. I actually watched again last year. I watched like the first three episodes uh, because it was on television at some point. Uh, so I, I, I'll do sliders. sliders. I'm fine with doing sliders. Like my brothers would watch it in the background. I never really took the time to watch it. All I know is we got Gimli and the guy from Standing by Me. That's all I know. It's got Jerry O'Connell. It's got Gimli. Uh, there's going to be a couple other faces that you'll recognize from time to time as well, uh, as some cast members are 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 kind of come in, come out, etc. So, uh, but yeah, we can do we can do sliders next week. Uh, all right, so let's end this episode. If you like what you do, we're doing, catch us on Twitter at Lollygagger Co. Justin's at Buys Justin. You can catch us on our website, thelollygaggers.com, where we have all of our content, including the Lollygaggers podcast and several of our actual play podcasts and, and Twitch streams. Uh, so Justin and I, we play in a game every Thursday on twitch.tv slash RPG, uh, where we're playing a ongoing story. Uh, we're using the Zweihander RPG system. So come check us out. Uh, that's 9 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. Pacific. Uh, so come hang out with us. Uh, this Saturday, I'll be over on our own Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash thelollygaggers at 4 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Central. We're continuing our Mutineer Zero game uh, on Monday uh, and every Monday thereafter. We, we started up this week a new show uh, on our Twitch channel, twitch.tv.com slash or wait, twitch.tv slash the lollygaggers. I got it. Uh, Heart RPG, which is like this darkest dungeon style RPG uh, tabletop role playing game. Really fun playing with a couple other friends. Uh, so hop up there, subscribe, say hi, uh, you know, follow what we're doing, etc. Uh, and we'll have some fun. Uh, Justin, uh, I think to end the show, it's easy. It's, it's an easy question. If you were an alien, 
on Babylon 5 station. Uh, what would you look like? Design the physical appearance uh, I know of your which alien. one it is, and it already is in the show. It was the monkey or gorilla bartender, I believe, in the first episode. And it looked like Winston behind a bar, doing attending bar, just going back and forth off the boat. So gorilla bartender, Jeffrey, that would be clearly the answer of what I would go for. 